Welcome to episode 20 of Continuous Quality Compliance. Today I'm talking about Regulation 19, Fit and Proper Person Employed. In the last episode, we talked about staffing. So now you've got your staff in place, what you need to make sure is that they remain fit and proper person to be employed. So what's the intention of this regulation? It is for you to make sure that as providers, you only employ fit and proper staff who are able to provide care and treatment appropriate to their role and to enable them to provide the regulated activity. To meet this regulation, providers have to show that they have a robust recruitment procedure, including undertaking any relevant checks. They also need to show that they have a procedure for ongoing monitoring of staff to make sure they remain able to meet the requirements. And they also must have appropriate arrangements in place to deal with staff who are no longer fit to carry out the duties required of them. If you are employing unfit people or continuing to allow unfit people to stay in a role, it may lead CQC to question the fitness of you as a provider. So what does the phrase person employed mean? What CQC say this means is it includes any member of staff who currently works in the service, including agency, bank staff and volunteers. So employment is based on the broad meaning of that term. Schedule 3 sets out eight categories of information required to be kept by providers by all persons employed in the provision of services. They don't want to see all, but some of them to be utilised as part of checking that staff remains suitable. So one is proof of identity, including a recent photograph. Two, CQC expects each provider to undertake the level of DBS check for which a particular staff member is eligible. Three, closely look at when exceptions apply related to the DBS. Four, satisfactory evidence of conduct in previous employment concerned with the provision of services relating to A, health or social care, or B, children or vulnerable adults. Obviously, it does not apply if they have not previously worked in the sector. Where a person has been previously employed in a position whose duties involve work with children or vulnerable adults, then they need to have verification as far as possible of the reason why the employment ended. So this is just making sure the employment didn't end because of something untoward. And six, far as it's reasonably practicable, practicable to obtain satisfactory documentary evidence of any qualification that are relevant to the duties for which the person is employed or appointed to perform their duty. Should also have a full employment history from the time of first employment. Now this bit I do disagree because if someone's been in employment like 50 years, can you imagine the reams of favour you're going to have? But CQC want a full employment history, so there you go. But I think providers have to use a bit of common sense. Now, as long as the evidence why they've employed the person, even though they don't have a full employment history from the age of first employment. Personally, I think that's adequate. You also need to make sure, number eight, that you have satisfactory information about any physical or mental health conditions which are relevant to the person's capability after reasonable adjustments are made to properly 
do their job. And if it affects the intrinsic task that they're being employed to do. So you can see also expect the providers to be aware of a range of guidelines relevant to their business sector. And that's really important. And you need to demonstrate that in your recruitment practice and procedures as well. The provider is also required to introduce sufficient checks in terms of is the person of good character? Do they have the necessary qualifications, competence, skills and experience necessary for the work to be performed? Are they able to properly perform the task after any reasonable adjustment? The reality is that if you do ask for a, a reference from the company, all they provide is a statement confirming the dates of employment. So when this happens, and I know it happens more often than not, then you really need to assess any potential risk and make sure the person has the appropriate supervision until they can demonstrate competence. Few have, as providers do have any current concerns about the performance, abilities, physical or mental health of any of your staff. The inspector will want to see what steps have you taken to address these or to mitigate risks to the people who receive support such as regular supervision and provision of opportunities for learning and development. They're also looking for staff to be registered with the relevant body, for instance, NMC, GMC, whichever is appropriate. And obviously it is the staff member's responsibility to make sure they are continually registered. I was recently told of a nurse who did not take the steps necessary to remain registered on the NMC register. And it was an dental practice and then what, had, what the employer had to do was then take them off nursing duties. This was a burden to the company because they've employed them as a nurse but they couldn't because they were no longer registered with the NMC because they did not ensure that they did what they had to do in plenty of time to remain registered and this is so important. And I do say yeah it is a joint responsibility the employer should have checked in months in advance. I believe they did remind them, but equally it's the employee's responsibility. It's their NMC registration, isn't it? So what CQC are looking for is that providers have systems in place to assess the competence of employees before they work unsupervised in a role. They also must provide appropriate direct or indirect supervision until the person is assessed as competent to carry out the role. And the competence can include things like demonstrating a caring and com uh, compassionate approach, for instance. And you have to show that you've also taken all reasonable steps to make any adjustments that you need to. And also, providers should respond without delay to any concerns about a person's fitness or ability to carry out their duties. This includes responding immediately if there is imminent risk to people working in and using the service. And it shouldn't matter whether the employee's been with you for many years or for a short time. And I think that's really important to note. So that's what having a fit and competent person is all about in your organisation. And it goes hand in hand with Regulation 18 staff. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review the podcast. Do subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes.